You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Welcome, everybody, to the next episode of the Tomahawk Take Podcast. This is episode number four. The When Will Josh Donaldson Sign podcast is what we will probably be naming this as everybody continues to wait on the third baseman to sign. And, Alan, I'll start with you. We'll just get right into it. Uh, everybody appears to just be waiting on Josh Donaldson at this moment. Uh, what's what's holding this thing up? I got to think it's a game of chicken going on here he's waiting on the Braves to come up with something that so far they're not doing and he's got offers he probably got good offers from the twins he's probably got a decent offer from the Nats although it probably involves some deferred money and he wants the offer he's got to want the offer from the Braves at, at this point it's about the only other game in town and so far he and Alex Anthopoulos seem to be in a stare down mode and neither one of them wants to give yet yeah and I think that's kind of how I see it as well Fred you see it uh, the same. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I think that I think if he really in his heart was going to be a brave, he'd be a brave. Let's face this. He's 34. He wants to go to a world series again, or get the, get a chance to go to the world series again. Where's he going to do that? Is he going to do that in Minnesota? No. Did you look at the Yankees? Have you looked at the Astros who haven't moved? <laughs> Is he going to do that in Minnesota? Probably not. Is he going to do that with the nationals? Maybe. But their lineup doesn't look nearly as good as it did last year. Even if you insert him in that lineup, it doesn't look nearly as good as it did last year. So he's got a decision to make. You know, maybe he's got money out there and he wants the Braves to match it. And I have to think that if he was going to get that matching money, he'd already have that matching money. And he'd, he'd be sitting in Atlanta getting ready for next year. I don't know what he wants that we haven't all, we can't give him. I think he's waiting for Alex to blink, and I don't think Alex is going to do that. Yeah, and I think I tweeted it out not long ago, too, that if the Braves had offered him a fourth year, he'd already be signed. Um, and, and I think that's what both of you are saying as well. I, I really just think the holdup here is, is Alex is, is standing firm on that just three years. And uh, I think Josh has those four-year offers out there, probably from Washington and Minnesota. Uh, and he's just hoping that Atlanta comes on board. It's a good thing that he really wants to be with the Braves, or at least that's the way I see it. But yeah, it's getting a little little frustrating that Alex isn't willing to go that fourth year. And at the beginning of the offseason, I didn't want him to go that fourth year. I thought that would be too risky. 
But uh, Matthew Browning put out an article on Tomahawk Take about a week ago looking at the history of, of some of the best third basemen in their mid to late 30s. And it kind of changed my mind on that. Uh, we see a lot of good production from third basemen in their mid to late 30s. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Donaldson uh, continues to put up solid production through his mid to late 30s. The other thing that Matthew mentions is that there's a possibility the DH could be coming to the National League by the time those four years are up, and that just makes the signing. Uh, you can't bet on that, though. No, you can't, and I, I know that. But at the same time, if that were to come in, it would just make the signing even better at that point. I'm on board with giving him the fourth year. I think just about every Braves fan is on board with giving him the fourth year. It's it's Antopoulos in the in the front office that I believe is is holding it up right now. So we'll continue to watch that and, and talk about it as it's really holding up. I think the entire rest of the, the off season at this point. We haven't had too much action since uh, the winter meetings as we're all kind of waiting on Donaldson, and then I think the trade market will will pick up at that point. Uh, we'll move on uh, from Donaldson now. I think we've we've covered it as about as much as we can on the on the website over the past month. If you want to read any of that, or read all, any of the alternatives that we've all talked about, uh, make sure you go to Tomahawk Take and you'll see all of that coverage, the fallback plans and options that are out there if the Braves can't land Donaldson. What I want to talk about next is actually a, a series that Alan started today. I'm just recording this on December 26th. Is the offseason evaluation of some of the other NL East teams and what they've done this offseason so far. Now, Fred, I'll start with you this time. Looking at some of the teams in the NL East and what they've done this offseason, who's impressed you the most? Who, who do you think still has more work to do? Well, I think they all have more work to do. I look at the Mets and I wonder if they know actually what they're doing. One thing that's kind of interesting for the Mets is that they've got Cespedes to give back two thirds of his paycheck. So would you trade for him at six million a year or eight million a year, whatever it is? I mean, yeah. he's a thir- he's a thirty homer bat in the left field. He makes that position really good for only eight million dollars, eight or whatever it is. Ten. He's not pay- he's making less than t- a dime this year because he tried to do something that wasn't quite kosher last year. But they still don't have a center fielder, and I'm not sure they know what their infield is, and their catching is not good. So they've got they've got holes to fill. The Nationals have been okay. They brought back their man, but they don't have a third baseman. They don't have a first baseman. So they've got a problem there. The Marlins are just there. The Phillies have probably done the most to get what they needed the quickest. They've done pretty much what the Braves did. They went a high end. They picked up Wheeler. And they've made some other moves, brought in brought in other players, and I think they've done probably the most to improve from where they were last year. Now, whether it's enough or not is another story. Everybody's got holes in the lineup, and, and the Phillies, Phillies got some, but they, they're a lot better than they were last year, and I don't know where the Mets are at. I mean, I don't even know if they're on the 7 train. I, they, they really, I don't think Van, Van Wagenen knows what he's doing, but he's got a new owner coming on board. He's got to figure that out. Yeah, and Alan, I'll, I'll throw it to you as well. I know you're... You just started today and looked at the Phillies. What are your thoughts on some of the teams in the NL East this offseason? Well, the Phillies have a couple of things going for them. One of those is that they've got guys coming back from injury that should be better for them. If Andrew McCutcheon can make it through the whole season, then that will definitely make them better. 
if Jake Arietta can pitch pain-free without the bone spurs that uh, were plaguing him last year, then that should make them better as well and give them at least three guys in a rotation, Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler, and Arietta, that could at least lead the front of that rotation. After that, those the rotation's a little suspect. So they're going to have to ha- have some wins out of those first three to, to definitely make some hay. They've still got a problem in the bullpen. They haven't addressed that. They're not going to be able to address that for uh, financial reasons, for one, and for the fact that uh, the Braves have sucked up all the uh, good relievers in the meantime. So they're going to definitely have some issues in the bullpen. However, they are going to hit the ball. They are going to score some runs. If they can do that and and keep their opponents at bay in terms of scoring, then they ought to be able to put together a few wins. I do think they will be ultimately better I do think that Philly fans are counting on their uh, savior, Joe Girardi, to be responsible for a couple of wins that perhaps they didn't get with Gabe Kapler last year. I don't know how true that's going to be if you don't have the personnel, but that's neither here nor there. The Mets, you know, it's kind of irritated me today (laughs) because... I was turning on MLB Network Radio, and they were simulcasting the TV channel as they were talking about the the uh, signing of Dylan Batanzas, and suddenly all of their analysts were dubbing the Mets as the favorite in the NL East now. I have no idea where that came from. They are not better. They are, on paper, better in the bullpen. But other than that, they've lost Zach Wheeler. They still don't have Cespedes. They've still got uh, guys playing out of position. They don't have a center fielder, as, as Fred mentioned. You know, they've got holes and questions all over the place. Now, yes, if their bullpen does indeed hold together, if Edwin Diaz is better, if Batanzas can come back and, and be healthy after his Achilles injury, yeah, they're going to be better uh, pitching the ball, and they won't have to score as much. Still, those are all question marks, and we know the history of the Mets the way it's been going. Now, granted, they're due for some good luck because they certainly haven't had it the last three or four years at least. I don't know that I'm sitting here right now on December 26th and ready to call them the favorites of the NL East, not by a long shot. As far as the Nationals go, yeah, they still got a big hole. If they get Donaldson, then that's a different conversation here because that will certainly help them. I think they're intending on Howie Kendrick right now for first base uh, or to, just to piece that together because they're not terribly worried about offense besides third base. That's where they certainly lost them in losing Anthony Rendon. But if they were able to actually get Donaldson, then they've got some things to be reckoned with. Their weak spot is certainly the bullpen, though, because it's no better, and there's been no changes as of yet in terms of what they're doing at the end of the game. Now, yeah, granted, they've got guys who are going to regularly pitch into the seventh inning and beyond, but they're still going to have to have a bullpen that, that brings it home, and right now they don't really have one. The Marlins hit rock bottom. And they're going to be doing enough to just be annoying. But the thing that I worry about in terms of the Marlins for the Braves is that in 2019, the Braves were 15-4 and four against Miami. 11 of those games were decided by one or two runs or in extra innings. That means that the Braves were kind of lucky there, particularly with their bullpen. Now, the fact that Atlanta has improved their bullpen significantly means that maybe some of those games will still be won anyhow. But... I can't count on 15 wins out of Miami, which means they're going to have to come from someplace else. And if everybody is improving, even marginally, and the Braves don't get a guy like Donaldson to fill out their lineup, then it's going to be a dogfight in the NL East. 
So that's the wrap up in short right now. And I hope to have all that in print in the next few days. So would you, Ellen, would you still consider um, the Braves to be the favorite in the East at this point? Incomplete. And that has to do with the fact that we got to know what's going to happen at third base. And we got to know if there's a change that's coming in the outfield. Right now, the fifth pitching spot is still up in the air. The bullpen's solid. That should be uh, a help for several more wins in 2020 regardless. But without a definite certainty for third base and the fifth rotation spot, I'm not ready to to say Atlanta is the favorite yet either. Okay. Fred, would you agree with that? Yeah, I'm, right now this is a coin toss. I mean, honestly, there's three teams that are really close enough together, and how well those teams fill the vacancies. They've all got a pair of vacancies they really need to fill. How well those teams fill those vacancies will determine how well this team makes it through the year. The bullpens are questioned in the other three big cities in, in the East. Atlanta's got the bull, best bullpen, but I was listening to Brad Lidge say he thinks Diaz is going to come back and be good. And if Diaz comes back and he, he's Diaz from two years ago, uh, then they then their bullpen's fine because they'll get to the late inning. It's a question of who's going to close the game. If Neris is good in Philadelphia and Roberts even comes back as able to be set up for Neris, they're going to be okay. Our bullpen's still, the uh, Braves bullpen's still the best. And I don't think they, unless he did it over Christmas, I don't think the Nationals brought back their closure. So they've got a problem there. For the Braves, they've got that hole at third base, and there's a hole in their lineup, and nobody convinced me Nick Markakis is going to fill that hole. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, and and I don't think the Markakis Duval platoon is going to work. I, I think you, when you go in looking for a platoon, you might as well be looking for a spittoon. That's not going to work. It, it's going to it's going to be too little, too late. And if they don't fix their base, they have a real problem there. And the Marlins are going to be tougher this year. They got some really good pitching coming along, and they're going to be harder to beat. Now they're still going to be beatable because their their lineup is not going to be as good. But yeah, I think it's that way. I think right now it's a toss up. You know, yeah, I don't think you can. I don't think you can pour, uh, slip a paper between uh, between all those three teams, between the three big teams in the middle. No. Let me throw something in real quick on David Robertson of the, of the Phillies. He isn't going to be back this year, and the reason is because he had late uh, Tommy John surgery. So it would be pretty much a miracle or maybe the end of the season possibly before we saw him. So that's why they're, they're really hurting in terms of the bullpen. Yeah, they were in for the guy that closed for the Nationals this year, too. They were... They were in on that negotiation. The Nationals didn't want to pay him anymore, didn't want to give him the other year or something. So there's a, they're fighting for that bullpen piece just like we're fighting for the third base piece. Yeah, and I think I think you're referring to Daniel Hudson there, who's probably yeah. the best best name left out there. Yeah, my the name my, it slipped off what's left of my mind. So. Yeah. So the last thing I want to talk about here is the is the pitching for the Braves. We've touched on it here and there, but I wrote the other day. I think the Braves starting rotation and I'm being a bit optimistic is already a top 10 rotation I, I think Soroka is an ace and I, I believe he will continue to be I think Hamels is an upgrade over Keuchel uh, I think Fulty if we get the second half Fulty will be a top of the rotation guy and I have no reason to believe that we won't and I think Max Fried is a top of the rotation pitcher himself I think he can pitch to a 3.2 3.5 ERA somewhere in there and uh, I think the fifth fifth spot will work itself out like we talked about before we got on here you know whether it's Sean Newcomb or if Kyle Wright or Bryce Wilson steps up or uh, another rookie maybe like Ian Anderson steps up 
I think there's options in that fifth spot. And if not, then I think Alex will look for somebody during the season via trade. Fred, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts on the Braves rotation as it stands? And do you think they need to find another arm this offseason? Well, I think they'd like to, but I don't think it's going to be something that's at the top of their list. I pretty much agree with you. We've said this three or four weeks ago. Once he pulled in all those pitchers from out there and he's going to lay out 20 mil for somebody, either at third base or in, in left field or somewhere, he's going to lay out money there. He's not going to go out and buy another free agent. He's got four pitchers that he can really depend on. He's got two guys, three guys maybe for that fifth spot. I want to say I really like Newcomb because I really like his stuff, but I'm not sure his head's in the right place. I'm not sure that he doesn't need a change of scenery to get fixed. This is not that I don't like the guy. I think he's got great stuff, and when he's pitching and when he feels when he's feeling it, he's wonderful. But if he's not feeling it, it sort of goes bad. He walks everybody. That worries me about him. I'm not advocating trading him, but boy, I, I think that he may he may need a new voice at some point. I think he may make it into the rotation out of the spring training simply because I don't think Wilson's going to do it, and Wright would be the guy who's going to take that spot if it's not Newcomb. I sort of think that's the way it's going to be. I think I would favor a right-hander there with uh, Hamels and, and Freed already in the rotation, but I don't think that's going to make a difference to who the better pitcher is coming out of spring training. And Alex has said, hey, if I can get to the deadline challenging and close, then I can find the pieces I need to fit because somebody else trade them to me. I mean, so I think you're right. If he can get to July and we're within spitting distance of it again or in front again, he'll go out and he'll go out and grab somebody. Yeah. And Alan, uh, same thing to you on the pitching staff. I admit being a little more pessimistic, man, that's mostly because I continue to see teams that think they've got their rotation set and then something happens, whatever something may be, and everything goes all pear-shaped. can't remember what year it was. I want to say it was 2012 where we came into spring training and it looked really good for the starting five until on consecutive days, Chris Medlin and Brandon Beachy both went down needing Tommy John surgery. Obviously, I don't wish that on these guys, but you you paint a good picture. If Soroka continues to dominate, if Freed continues to make the steps forward that he made in 2019, if Fulte continues to do the great work he did in the second half, and I'm not worried about Hamels, those form a very impressive core of four guys who can really uh, pitch, pitch very well at high levels against anybody. There's no question about that. If they uh, falter a little bit, then the Braves are going to be actually a little thin in terms of experience. I saw last year when we tried to get Bryce Wilson and tried to get uh, Kyle Wright up there and and tried to see if Newcomb could do something. And that's essentially the same scenario we've got coming up for 2020 is those three in some order. Whoever wins the competition out of spring training is going to get the first shot at it. And it just didn't quite work out that way in, in 2019. So... Yeah, I, I'm cautiously optimistic, I suppose, but I would like to see maybe an additional uh, grizzled old veteran show up who can eat innings and give you some time and maybe push these guys a little bit to the next level. That would be, I suppose, my ideal scenario at this point, and, and then see if somebody actually steps up to the plate and, and does it. Because, yeah, I with you, Fred, I've seen... Newcomb, the first time I saw him, he was sailing along in a minor league game, and one inning, 
inexplicably, he walks like three guys after not having walked anybody to start with. It's, it's as if he misses a pitch or misses another pitch or doesn't get a call. And then he starts nibbling and then he can't find his release point and, and things go all haywire on him. It almost seems like he needs some sort of a mental toughness thing going to, uh, to, to keep him on, on the beam. And so far, that seems to be coming and going. It's a fleeting thing. I feel for these pitchers because what they do is not easy. At the same time, it's, it's going to be necessary in order to keep these guys going. So Cole, Hamels may be, I'm sorry, Cole Hamels may be good for Newcomb in this context. He and Freed both, if Hamels can be the guy who says, look, I've been there and done that. Okay, look at me. Don't try to strike them out. Try to make them get themselves out and go get them and strike them out if you have to. He's the guy that that I was talking about when we talked about getting the guy and they can lean on and talk to, particularly the left-handers in this context, because he and Freed look a lot alike in their program, but he could do a lot for Newcomb's mental game and get Newcomb back on track. I'm just hoping he does it. It's it's 50-50 right now for that. So let's wrap up this conversation real quick, and I'll just give each of you a chance to give your final thoughts here. And Fred, we'll, we'll start with you. Do you have any any final thoughts before we get out of here on Donaldson? What's next? Anything in particular? Uh, you know, I don't think anything's going to happen now until the 4th or 5th of January. I think that we saw Encarnacion sign for the White Sox, and we hear talk about Castellanos and things like that. But once you got to Christmas, I don't think these guys are actually – thinking about it now until after the first of the year. So I, I don't think we're going to see anything, man. I also don't know how long Alex is going to wait on Josh to make a decision. You know, at some point he's going to say, well, if he can't make up his mind here, make the phone call, tell him it's, it's today or thanks. And if he says not today, then thank him. And we'll go, we'll go trade for Joe Baganonis out here and get somebody else. I, you know, I, I have to think Marte is on his list. I have to think Mancini is on his list. I have to think, you know, there's other players out there that come to mind right now that he has to be looking at as backup plans for those, that 30 home runs and that motivation in the middle of the lineup. I think that's gotta be it. At some point he's going to come to a, like he did when he signed Marquecas last year, he got to a tipping point and said, okay, sign these guys. Let's go. Because there's a point where you just, you've got to move on. You've got to have a plan, clarity and certainty, and get on with it. I agree. And, and Alan, same thing to you, just kind of final thoughts. And uh, what are your, uh, specifically, what are your thoughts on a three-year deal for Donaldson, maybe at a higher AAV with a, a fourth-year option and, and maybe a higher buyout? I, I think I've heard you mention that uh, somewhere before. Do you think that could work for the Braves if Alex really didn't want to give them that fourth year? Yeah, and the other option would be a, maybe a vesting deal on that fourth year, something that would enable Donaldson to earn it if he wanted to bet on himself. I don't know if he wants to go to something like that or not, but uh, that that would be reasonable. The The original idea I had was something like three years and $25 million a piece, and that fourth year would have an option uh, that would have a $6 million buyout or something like that. That effectively be a, a deferred money deal of three years and $27 million, uh, which would really give him a good payday regardless. I don't know if the Braves want to go that high. I don't know if uh, Donaldson would be interested in doing something like that, but it seemed like either that or a vesting option would maybe make both parties happy here. 
wish we knew some insight on the numbers, but that's just the nature of the game here is we're here speculating and, and wishing and hoping and, and hoping somebody comes up with an answer here soon. All right. Anything else you wanted to add before we get out of here, Alan? I continue to think that the Braves are on, on the cusp of something here, and I just want to see them bring it home, whether it's Donaldson or somebody else. i got to believe right now that Alex Anthopoulos has come up with some sort of a value equation here that they've decided we're going to go to this point on Donaldson and no further because our plan B, whatever that may be lined up to do, is worth the same amount or better and he just does not want to cross that line yet and as a result everybody's sort of sitting and waiting and hoping and you know we do hope that happens soon because i do think it's holding up everybody it's holding up outfield contracts it's hoping holding up the trade market it's it's pretty much brought everything to a standstill right now except for the guys who are unaffected like adele on batanzas or edwin encarnacion those kind of guys we're going to sign regardless independently of this but uh, there's a lot of things that are still in the market that i think are being held up by this so it'd be nice to get it done sooner but i gotta believe that fred's right that we're looking at the first full week of january before anything else happens yeah and i agree as well i think it's going to be a little bit uh, i think i said before if it didn't get done uh the monday before christmas it's probably going to be a couple days after the new year's unfortunately um like i said the whole off season's kind of come to a, a standstill here i know there's been some some smaller deals here and there, but uh, it seems like the trade market at, at least is being held up by Donaldson and Castellanos and Ozuna, uh, some of the bigger free agent names that are still out there. So hopefully those will come off the board soon and uh, we'll be able to talk about some more Braves uh, signings or trades that are going on. Uh, but that'll do it for this episode of uh, Tomahawk Take Podcast, episode four. Uh, appreciate you listening. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Appreciate everybody who tunes in to listen, and I will talk to you next year. This 2019 edition of the Tomahawk Take podcast is a production of TomahawkTake.com and Fansided LLC. Opinions expressed on the show today are strictly those of the participants and are worth exactly what you paid for them. All rights are reserved nonetheless. music used today comes to you under the auspices of the Creative Commons license, terms of which are available at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 4.0, and feature selections by Kevin McLeod entitled, Open Those Bright Eyes, Fuzzball Parade, Continue Life, and Break Time. His works are featured at filmmusic.io and via his own website at incompetech.com. Thanks for listening, and as always, go Braves! money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. 
It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save 